Thanks for checking out the Renew Life Church podcast. Wherever you're joining us from, we hope that today's message encourages you. Really excited to talk to you around a subject that um, I feel is really, really important, and I feel like it's a subject that we really need to understand. And I want to talk to you today around the subject of healing. I want to talk to you about healing. There's actually a, a subject I've never really just taught on specifically and, and used a whole Sunday and a whole message uh, to talk about. You know, when we bring up the subject of healing, we all have to be honest. Like, it, it's, a, it's a little bit of a controversial subject, right? It can be complicated. You know, there, there's a lot of questions that probably, if, if all of us were really honest with ourselves, we have these questions about healing. I think more than anything else, God wants you to know today, you don't have to be scared of your questions. Don't be scared to voice the, maybe the concerns and the things that you have. Because the truth is, when it comes to healing, we know this. Some people get healed and some people don't. We've seen some people get healed and we've seen them not. And we ask the question, why? Why this person and not this person? Or why now and, 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 and or why not now and why later? We had a, um, a lady in this church, she, um, last week, Leanne gave a word of just healing for, for hips and backs. And um, this lady has been in our church for a while. She's been dealing with back, back pain for nine months. She's gotten prayed for multiple times. I mean, she's gotten people to come over and pray for her multiple times. She's been dealing with the pain for nine months. But last Sunday, she got her healing. Last Sunday, she walked out of here healed. Yeah. You might, it's like, let's clap, let's praise. Oh, that's awesome, that's awesome. But if you're anything like me, you might ask the question, why did it take nine months? Why not the first time we prayed? Why not the second time? Why not the 50th time? Can I just be honest with you? I don't know. And can we be okay with saying, I don't know? See, if you think about healing, there's, there's things that we just, we just don't know, we just don't understand. But I can tell you this, there are things that we do understand, and there are things that we do know. And here's something that you should know and that you should believe. His body was broken so that yours could be whole. That's the truth. That's the word. His body was broken so that yours could be whole. If you leave with nothing else today, if you don't hear any other thing I say today, hear this. Jesus' body, when he got on the cross, when he took that beating, when he took the stripes on his back, it was beaten and it was broken so that yours wouldn't have to be. So that you would not have to walk this earth with a beaten up body. No matter how long you played sports, no matter how many kids you've had, no matter how many kids you've chased around, no matter if you've been a teacher for 50 years or, or whatever the, the situation might be, no matter how many wrecks you've been in, God's will is that you walk in complete wholeness and healing in your life because Jesus broke his body so that you could. I may not understand it all. You may not understand it all, but I do understand this. It is the will of God for us to walk in healing. You know, I think it's really important that with subjects like this and, and things that we see in Scripture that we, we actually know what Scripture says. What does Scripture say about healing? 
What does it say about the things of God? Because here's the truth. If we don't know what the scripture says, we will let our questions, we will let our doubts, and we will let our experiences shape our beliefs. Something is shaping your belief. We, we don't get the, the luxury of hanging back and not letting things shape our belief. No, things are shaping our beliefs, whether, whether we like it or not. Be, the fact that we're living, we're, something's shaping our beliefs. And if it is not God, and it is not his good nature, and if it is not scripture, then I can tell you what it is. It's your questions, it's culture, it's your experiences, it's the things that you go through, and you will look at them and you say, oh, that must be the way that God is. That must be the way the kingdom of God is. And can I tell you, that's a dangerous place to be. God did not call us to live from earth to heaven. He called us to live, come on somebody, from heaven to earth. That we take a heavenly perspective and we let it shape our earthly reality. We don't let the earthly reality shape our heavenly perspective. In other words, I can't sit around and be like, well, I didn't get healed, so I guess God doesn't heal. Well, this took too long, so I guess God had someone else on his mind and finally got around to me. Hold on, you're letting your earthly perspective, the earthly reality, shape a heavenly perspective. Here's what God wants. Take what he says. Take what he promises. Take what he says you can have that are yes and amen. And though you do not see it at the beginning, you keep believing and you believe. And you believe what he said you could have here can come here. Just like Jesus prayed, heaven come to earth. This heaven is more real than than what we're doing right now. It's his desire that you bring heaven to earth. This is really what healing is all about. This is how it starts. It's available up there. Many of you, you've probably heard this, right? You know, there'll be no weeping. There'll be no tears. There'll be no sickness and disease in heaven, right? Right? Here's good theology. Well, if Jesus prayed that heaven would come to earth, and that must mean uh, he, he prayed for that healing to come and manifest in, in the sweet here and now, not just in the sweet by and by. He came to give us life, and he came to give us life more abundant. And he wants you to live your life in wholeness. Though, since we're talking about scripture, we probably need some about right now. Isaiah 53, 5. Let's read this together. But he was pierced for our rebellion. Isaiah, the prophet, he was prophesying about Jesus. He was prophesying when the Messiah would come. And when, he's, when he says he, he's talking about Jesus. He was pierced for our rebellion, crushed for our sins. He was beaten so we could be whole. He was whipped so we could be, say it with me, healed. He was whipped and he was beaten so we could be healed. I want to title today's message, More Than You Bargained For. More Than You Bargained For. Let's pray. God, we welcome you here. We thank you that where two or more are gathered, you are here in the midst. We realize that your presence is here. So today... We just breathe you in, we sit in your goodness, and we ask you, we ask you, Holy Spirit, to teach us. We ask you, God, to teach us. Teach us in your word. Holy Spirit, we invite you here, and we thank you that you are the one who leads us. You are the one who guides us into every single truth. May it be not different today that you literally guide us into this truth. And God, I'm just thanking you for everyone here that today we leave different, that today we leave with another layer of revelation, with another layer of your wisdom within our spirit to stand on, 
whenever we face tough times, whenever things come against us. We thank you for it in Jesus' name. If you agree, say amen. Amen, amen. Have you ever gotten more than you bargained for? Have you ever gotten more than you bargained for? Let me give you a really good example. Have you ever had a friend invite you over to help them move? And you punch them in the face. No, wait, wait, what happened? You got more than you bargained for, right? They call, hey, you know, we only got a couple loads left. You're a liar. You, I showed up and I cleaned your whole house after seven full loads. You think you can lie because I'm your friend, right? You got, you got more than you bargained for, right? You showed up, it was just, it was more than, than you expected, more than you anticipated. I can tell you another example or instance when you got more than you bargained for. You got more than you, you bargained for the day that you got married. Mm-hmm. Yeah, more than you bargained for is sitting right next to you right now. Don't look at them. Don't look at them. But you got, you got more than you bargained for. You want to know another instance? When you decided that you were going to have a kid, and you decided you were going to have another kid and another kid, and you had the conversation with your wife, what are we doing? Why? Because you got more than you bargained for. Not what are we doing. What did we do? Why? We gotta, this is 18 more years we have of this. No. But you get it. You get the, the thing, uh, getting more than you bargained for. I, I don't know if you're anything like me, but uh, I, I didn't know anything when it came to, to getting married. And uh, we, me and my wife, we were really young. I was 21. She was 22. Right. Like if you can barely buy beer at the store, like don't get married yet. You know what I'm saying? It's like you don't you don't know anything. And we, we did not know anything. And uh, this, this was the extent of my, of my revelation on, on, on how to pick your wife, you know, like who you should get married. Number one, um, she's really good looking. That was, that was my first revelation. That, that's, why, that's how you know you're, you should marry that person. They're good looking. Number two, they love Jesus. Now, I should have flipped them, all right? I should have flipped them. They loved, I did, I did flip them. I'm just joking. It was like, all right, they're the good looking, they love Jesus. We we got along great. She let me watch Sports Center. She's she's good looking. Um, we believe the same. She's good looking. Yep, that's the one. Let's do it, right? Like that's how I got married. So if you've ever heard of the grace of God, that was it was on my life when I was dumb, right? I mean, he he helped me to make a better decision. But what I didn't realize when I got married, I got more than I bargained for. In my head, it was like, well, I'm just, I, I have a wife. I get a wife. But I got so much more in Natalie than just a wife. I got a friend. I got a companion. I got, as Scripture would call it, a helpmate, someone to come alongside me and help me. I got a boss on the weekends. <laughs> I got a conscience that speaks out loud. <laughs> the guy said, preach. <laughs> but I got way more than I bargained for. I got way more than I expected. I got way more than, truth be told, than I even knew to expect. I got a mother to my kids. I got a, I got a compass in my life that would help me in the direction that I would go. I got a cheerleader on the sideline literally every single day saying, you got this. You're called to do this. Keep going. I got all those things when all I was expecting was a wife. Can I tell you something today? You got way more than you could ever expect, imagine, or think when you got Jesus. 
Whenever you accepted Jesus, whenever you came into relationship with him, and when he came into your life, you did not just get a savior. You got the hope of the world. You got the peace that you'll always need. You got someone who would care for your, your worries more than you do. You got the very one who could rid you of all fear and anxiety. You got the Son of God interceding on your behalf, sitting at the right hand of the Father, talking about you to God. That's who you got when you got Jesus. And for so many of us, we started out our relationship with him because we just didn't know any better. We just knew this, I need him to be my Savior. Go back to that moment you accepted him. I can remember where I was, seventh grade, summer camp, went to the front, amazing, never forget it. Where were you when you accepted Jesus for the first time? If you remember in that instance, it's probably because a, a pastor or preacher was up preaching or, or, or you heard the gospel from a friend, you heard it from somebody, and, and, and here's what you knew. You knew that that whatever he, whoever Jesus was, you didn't have to understand all of him, but you just knew he's Savior and I need to be saved. Matters what area you grew up in, but you also may have heard it this way. You just knew I need him so I don't go to hell. I re they really talk bad about that place. And when you're a kid and you hear that, you're like, I don't want that. I want heaven, 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 heaven. Whatever your reason was, you just knew. Something was missing on the inside of you, and only he could fulfill it. We were born with the desire to be saved. We were born with the need to be saved. And there's only one who can meet it, and his name is Jesus. And we all called on him. The truth is, the moment you accepted him, oh, you got way more than you ever expected. You got way more than you bargained for. In other words, you got nine nuggets in an eight-count nugget at Chick-fil-A. There was some extra that came with Jesus. Come on, you know God's for real when that happens, right? Because Christians don't give you extra. Come on. I'm just kidding. You got extra. You got more. The list goes on and on of all the things that Jesus provides for us. He is our everything. Everything that was created that you see around you, it was created through him. He was there at the beginning. We, we, we know these things about Jesus. But the one thing I want to point out to you today is the one thing that he pointed out in Scripture. Is that on the, on the day that you accepted him and on the day that he got on that cross, he died for two things that he wanted you to know about. Two main things. You know what they were? He died for your salvation and he died for your healing. The extra that comes with Jesus. Don't throw this one out because he made it a main point. The extra you get is healing. The extra you get is wholeness. The extra you get is that you get to live your life calling back on the work that he did on the cross and saying, by his stripes I am healed. If you go back and you look at Scripture and you look at the finished work of the cross, you realize that it, all, it always points to two things. Two things. Let's look at these together. I just want to just give you a lot of Scripture today. I remember when I, remember when I first um, read about this and learned this. It, it changed my life. Did I believe that God could heal? Yes, I did. Did I grow up seeing it? Yes. Did I experience some of it in my own life? I did. But there was something about learning this specific revelation. 
that at the cross, that the cross took care of my healing, that, some, that it gave me another layer on the inside of my spirit that I could stand on whenever I needed it. I'm praying it does the same for you today. Look at Isaiah 53.5. Notice, notice these two things. Notice how salvation and healing come as a package deal, that you get both. He was pierced for our rebellion. He was crushed for our sins. What is that? Salvation. It goes on. He was beaten so we could be whole. He was whipped so we could be healed. Notice that at the cross, that the suffering that, he, that took place, that the suffering that Jesus went through, he did it to pay for two things specifically that he wanted you to know about. Your sin and your sickness. Your sin and your sickness. Look at Psalms 103.3. It says, he forgives all my sins and he heals all my diseases. What's attached? We got salvation and healing. We have our salvation and healing. We have forgiveness of sins and healing of our sickness. He forgives all of our sins and he heals all of my diseases. 1 Peter 2.24, he personally carried our sins in his body on the cross so that we can be dead to sin and live for what is right. Oh, but it doesn't stop there. What else does it say? By his wounds, you are, you're healed. What do we see again? Salvation and healing. Sin and wholeness. Where did it get taken care of? It got taken care of at the cross. I preached on this, this story um, the last time I, I preached. But I remember the story of, of the paralyzed man, how his, how his friends got him and put him on a mat and lowered him down through the roof. You know the story. When you think about, you think about that story, there's, there's something fascinating that happens because they lower the friend down, and, and Jesus is in the room. All the religious leaders are in the room. And you know what Jesus says to him the first time? He looks at the man, and he says, your sins are forgiven. How does he start out? Your sins are forgiven. Now, this just threw the religious people in just to a, a panic. They're like, did he just try to forgive that guy's sins? Nobody can forgive sins except God. Like, what, who do you think you are, Jesus? And Jesus is like, eh, the Messiah, but here we go. And he's like, he's like uh, he, said, he makes this statement. He says, what's easier, for me to say your sins are forgiven or for me to say pick up your mat and walk? What he, was infer what he was inferencing about is, is this. He was trying to say, well, it's actually easier just to say your sins are forgiven. Because if I were to say, get your mat and walk, the guy would have to get up and walk. See, I can, I can talk, say, hey, your sins are forgiven. That's an inner work. So everybody looking around, y'all may not be able to see it. Does that make sense? That's what Jesus was saying. Like, that, that's actually easier. And then he makes this statement. But just so you know, I have the power to forgive sins. Pick up your mat and walk. And the man picks up his mat and walks out healed. In other words, he was saying, I not only have the power to heal, I have the power to forgive. I not only have the power to forgive, I have the power to heal. Notice in the story, there's two things that are attached to one another, forgiveness and healing. Matthew 9, 35 Jesus traveled through all the towns and villages of that area, teaching in the synagogues and announcing the good news about the kingdom. What was the good news? Salvation. But he kept going. 
and he healed every kind of disease and illness. What was the ministry of Jesus? It was sharing the good news and demonstrating healing. He went about doing good and healing all. Come on, say all. He went about doing good, saying good, sharing good, and healing all who were oppressed of the devil, for God was with him. It's attached. It comes together. One more, and then we'll move on. 1 Corinthians 11. This is Paul. He's talking to the church in Corinth, and he's trying to get them uh, to understand communion, what we do every Sunday here. Steve-O even alluded to this already. And he, and he, and he t- starts talking. He's like, hey, this is what Jesus did. This is what we should do. Notice what he says. For I pass on to you what I received from the Lord himself. On the night when he was betrayed, the Lord Jesus took some bread and gave thanks to God for it. Then he broke it in pieces and said, this is my body, which is given for you. Another translation says, this is my body, which is broken for you. Do this in remembrance of me. In the same way, he took the cup of wine after supper, saying, this cup is the new covenant between God and his people. In agreement, confirmed with my blood, do this in remembrance of me as often as you drink it. Here's what Jesus pointed to. Here's what Paul was pointing to. He was saying, hey, look, when you go to remember what Jesus did, when you go to remember the finished work of the cross, when you go to remember what he did on that cross, there's not just one thing you should remember. There's two things. Remember his body and remember his blood. What was his blood? His blood was the forgiveness of sin. It was the redemption of man. It was the very thing that was shed so that we could connect ourselves back to God. It erased all sin and made us completely pure and holy. But what did his body do? It was broken so ours could be healed. It was whipped so no sickness could be in our body. There were stripes put on his back so we could lay our hands on our kids and watch colds and earaches and and diseases go from their body. He, he, He was whipped and he was beaten and he hung on the cross and he suffered physically in his body so that we don't even have to get a flu shot because the flu ain't getting on me. Why did he do it? So we could live in wholeness, so that we could be healed. Oh, I can already hear the questions coming in your mind. Yeah, but I did get the flu. Yeah, but my kids do get earaches. Okay, I get it. But this is still true. His body was broken so that you could be healed. It is the will of God to heal. He would have not told us to remember both if we just needed to remember forgiveness. No, he said, when you remember, remember both. Break the bread. Drink the juice. Proclaim and prophesy healing and forgiveness into your future. My desire is that you just settle it right here and now. It's the will of God to heal me. Settle it. Settle this truth right here. That forgiveness and healing are yours because Jesus bought and paid for it on the cross. It is the full gospel. It's the complete gospel. If, to believe salvation without healing is to, believe, uh, is to limit the finished work of the cross. You're limiting the power that is available to you. 
Can you still go to heaven? Does God still love you? Does he still love people who don't believe in healing? Absolutely, he sure does. I'm just saying this, if he sacrificed that much and he bought and paid for that much, I want every single ounce of what he paid for to be evident in my life. Hear me today, he really did go to the cross. He really did get whipped. He really did get beaten. He really did get spit on and mocked. He really did hang from a cross. He suffered. And if he did that for me, how dare I not live in the fullness that he has for me? He loved you that much. He wanted that for you that much. Wholeness, healing. It is yours. We've had multiple people get healed in our services. We've had multiple people get healed in our homes. Most of the time I get up here, I tell you about a, a story from our young adult life group. And it was just three weeks ago. Cody was actually there. He was leading. And we went into worship. and It was amazing. Like, let's just... After worship was over, let's go for some stuff. Who needs healing? Line up. So it's like they ain't lining up at the altar. They're lining up in the kitchen at my house. Like it's, like, it's in my home. And if you were to come to my house, I could take you and say, stand right there. Guess what? Right there, that's where a girl got her, her foot completely healed. Prayed for it, went from about a 10 to a 3 in pain. Prayed for it again, completely gone. Oh, right next to her, right over here, right in front of this little little bar. Yeah, that's where a, a guy just got relieved of sinus pressure. Oh, right over here, this is where six people laid hands on a guy who's legally blind and went after for him to see. Did he see? Nope, but we went, on, we went after it and he got loved on. Amazing. This is what I believe God wants to do in our family. This is a specific word for a new life church for you. I believe healing is not supposed to just take place right here. It's supposed to filter over into our families. That you are laying hands on each other in the bedroom, in the kids' room, in the living room, in the kitchen, all throughout your house. Healing is taking place. Just the other night, Natalie has a, just a horrible headache in bed. And she tells me she has a headache, and I'm like, Oh, Lord Jesus, i got to heal her now. Here we go. And that, that's, that's wrong theology. I don't do the healing. He does the healing. But for some reason, I've experienced this personally. There was just this just resistance and this awkwardness. Like, I, I can come here and I can, we can just get everybody down here and I'll just lay hands on everybody. It'll be fun and I'll be all good and ready to go. But something about in the home, I'm like, well, this is a little bit more awkward. Why is that? I don't know. I think it's a little bit that she knows me more than my kids know me better than anybody else. They see me. They see my, my faults. They see the, thing, the, the times when I mess up. But in that instance, I just reached over, didn't give her a warning at all. She was trying to fall asleep, just right on the forehead. <laughs> Lord, I just speak healing over my wife. I thank you that this headache is gone right now in Jesus' name. Headache, I rebuke you. Pain, leave her body now. In Jesus' name. How do you feel? I feel a little bit better. You feel like, if it was a 10, what is it now? I can't remember what she said. So I just, right back on the forehead. Pain, I come against you in Jesus' name. 
You have no right in my wife's body. We are one and I come against you. I have power. Remember Braden's message? I got power over your body. See how many of you were here. See, I'm more spiritual than him. He was talking about something else. I'm talking about healing. It went down even more. The pain went down even more. I was like, you good? Yeah, it's still there a little bit, but I think it's gone enough for me to sleep. Sweet, fell asleep. Laying hands on our kids. Let me ask you this question. How many of you pray with your kids over your food? Every time you eat, you're just like, yeah, I'm gonna make sure, raise my kids praying over their food. Anybody? Two people, wow. Okay, well, we're gonna start there. Pray over your food. But it's, it's the Bible Belt, it's Texas. We pray over our food. As common as that is, your kids should be raised in a home where you lay hands on the sick and watch them recover. That they see you laying hands on, on, on your wives on husband, husband on wives, when they say, man, I just don't feel so good, that you rush in and you get the kid, other kids involved and mom and dad lay hands and believe for healing in their body. Is it gonna be awkward? Yeah, it may be. Will there be instances when they don't get instantly healed? Yeah. You know what? Jesus prayed for the blind man twice. How many more times will we have to pray? If Jesus prayed twice, we should probably pray as many times as it takes. So go after it. If, if revival is happening here, and it is, and revival starts in family, which it should, this is how it starts. I'll just say this, dads. It's gonna to have to be you first. Welcome to being a man. We gotta go first. Why do you always have to apologize? Because you're the man. They never apologize, I know. P apologize first. Go first, go first. God made you to go first. So if you want this in your family, go first. And the beauty of this, Here's the beauty of it, is God has anointed you as the, 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 the spiritual father of that home. There is power in your bones. There is power in your hands. There is strength that you can bring to your kids that nobody else can. He's not just calling you to do it, he's given you the gift to do it. He will never call you to do something he hasn't already put in you to do. You are equipped. Yeah, but, uh, but <laughs> you're equipped and you cuss a little bit. That's a new t-shirt I just came up with. Yeah, but I do this. Yeah, but I do that. Okay, just, you, may, you may mess up, but you, why don't you just go ahead and start doing all the spiritual things too. And the more and more you start to begin to do the spiritual things, guess what? All the things that you don't want to do, they'll just begin to fall off. They'll just begin to go away. Oh, I've tried so hard to quit this. I've tried so hard to stop being so angry with my kids and, and to stop doing this. Okay, stop focusing on what you're not doing and start doing something. If you'll actually start doing something, the things that you don't want to do, they literally will fall off of your life. This is why I say looking unto Jesus, the author and the perfecter of my faith. Don't look unto your sin. Sin, look unto Jesus. He is the champion. He's the one who can do it all. And he's the one who bought your salvation and who paid for your healing. 
May we be believers, believing believers that go after the very thing that Jesus tells us we can go after. I'll close with this. I read this quote and I love it so much. It's so simple, but it means so much to me. Believe your beliefs and doubt your doubts. Believe your beliefs and start doubting those doubts. If you bow your head and close your eyes. We hope you've enjoyed our podcast today. You can find out more about our ministry at RenewLifeChurch.com or on Facebook, Instagram, or Twitter. Also, our app is available for download so that you